This is episode 80. You can't be right all the time. Welcome to the Loon Investing Podcast. My name is Rignesh. I'm a teacher, a former trained engineer, and a very passionate value investor. Each week will bring you inspiring messages, tips, and ways to help you improve your investing skills and live the life of true abundance as you learn the art of value investing. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Now, let the class begin. What is up, Dillon Nation? Now, today's episode is actually a reminding session. I want to remind our Dillon Nation that as you improve to become better investors, no matter how good you become, remember that you can't always be right all the time, right? And it doesn't just apply to investing, right? It can be anything. Whatever you do, people make mistakes, right? You make mistakes, I make mistakes, everybody makes mistakes. And, you know, if you just think about it, life will be so much better when we go through it with an open mind, right? So you have to understand that even in terms of investing, you can't always be right. You cannot be right all the time. And that is what today's episode is all about. But before we begin, I want to say that if you find this podcast beneficial to you, do subscribe and share it with someone who will benefit from this as well. I believe the world will be a lot better when we start giving, loving and sharing. That is my definition of abundance. So when you're ready, let's get started. Now, when it comes to investing, most investors, including me, we are trying to find for great businesses or even potential companies to invest in as early as possible, right? Even before anyone else has find it or even before it becomes obvious in terms of the financial statement and so on. And when you are looking for this kind of businesses, right, even before it is obvious, there is always a possibility of things not going according to plan. Why? Because when we are talking about stocks, it is essentially, it rep- represents a business, correct? And when it comes to business, there are a lot of moving parts, right? It's not as simple as looking at numbers. Oh, good profit margin, uh, low debt, high ROE, uh, what else? Huge uh, growth potential and so on. It's not as straightforward, right? It's not just about seeing numbers, right? In fact, when you're looking for small companies or even uh, microcap companies, right? Some investors, we, we tend to invest in smaller companies because it is easier for, it It has more potential to grow, right? So when we are looking for small or even microcap companies, some information can be imperfect. Why? Because these companies, they are still small, right? And the businesses, they are still growing and the management or the CEO or the leaders in the company, they are still learning. So the truth is you are not going to be right all the time because there's always something that is changing. Right, and that is something that all investors have to accept. Otherwise, I'm I'm telling you, it's going to be very miserable. You know this journey of investing, right? Because you cannot accept not being right, and it can be a huge problem for investors. You know, when it comes to investing, I still remember Peter Lynch used to quote this. He said, "In this business, if you are good, you are right six times out of ten. You are never going to be right nine times out of ten." 
You see, even somebody like Peter Lynch is admitting the fact that people make mistakes, right? Six times out of 10, that is 60% uh, getting it right. 40% there is 40% of mistakes or error, you know? So it's about acknowledging the, acknowledging the fact that as investors, we can't always be right all the time. Right? I, and I believe most of us, when we listen to this quote, it makes sense, right? We agree with that. But deep down, we actually think that, you know, for some reason, we actually think that we can be right all the time, right? Just look at Warren Buffett, for example. Even he makes mistakes, right? Even he loses his money in when it comes to investing, right? It's not something that is unusual. But his mistakes only happen to his investment in which he locates, he allocates very small capital, right? Very small investment. It only happens on those, right? Probably because maybe the company doesn't have a strong moat or maybe the management is not as good or maybe the growth prospect is not as promising and so on. So there are a lot of reasons why uh, he didn't invest a huge chunk of uh, capital in that stock, right? No doubt it is still a good company, no doubt about that, but there are obviously other better ones out there. So in that case, he probably allocates a smaller investment capital on that stock, right? And when you look at his current uh, portfolio, his first two largest holdings accounts to more than, it's not more than, it's almost 60%, right? When you look at his first two holdings, is it accounts to almost 60% with Apple holding about 47%, 47% is almost 50%, almost half of the entire portfolio is only Apple, right? Half of the entire portfolio. And when you look at his whole portfolio, top six of his holding accounts to 80% of his entire portfolio, just the top six. And the other investments are just very small holdings, very, very small percentage. And we are talking here about billions, right? Because... I mean, Warren Buffett invests in the billions. So, although he has so much to invest, but you see his portfolio, he's actually very focused. Top six of his stocks account more than 80% of his entire portfolio. That shows that when it comes to mistakes, he does have mistakes. He does make a lot of mistakes, but he doesn't make mistakes on those that he has very, very high conviction, right? He might make mistakes on those smaller holdings, of course, it does affect, but it's not really significant because it's just very small percentage of his portfolio. And here's the thing. I sometimes do notice that some investors, we have the, they have the habit of creating a long investment checklists, right? super long investment checklist. Now, I'm not against checklists in any way. Right? In fact, if you have a checklist, I highly encourage you guys to have your own checklist because even... Monish Pabrai, even Charlie Munger, these two in, in legendary investors, even they emphasize on the importance of checklists because it really helps, right? Especially before you make any major decisions, before you buy or before you sell anything, right? You want to go through this checklist before you make any decision. But this checklist will become a problem when you make it too long. Some people make it, you know, longer than the Bible. It doesn't make any sense. You don't have to make it so long because, I mean, they take it to the extreme, right? And they record everything down, everything they have read from, you know, annual report, from all the sources they have, all the numbers they put in, you know, some up to, you know, 
up to three decimal places. I mean, that, my friend, is just, is just not the kind of checklist that you want, right? If you, if that is the checklist you want, I'm telling you, you're building the wrong habit for yourself. Why? Because, just think about it, investing is not like maths, you know, it's not like accounting where you can just put all the details in, right? If you're looking for perfection in investing, it doesn't exist, right? There is no perfection when it comes to investing. And, the point of view as an investor will be different, right? You as a and you as an investor, your point of view, and me as an investor, my point of view, our point of view will be different, right? Your point of view will be different. Your analysis will be different. Your projected growth rate will be different. Your discounted rate will be different. Your margin of safety will be different. Everything will be different, right? Because all of these are just probability, are just estimation, all assumption, or just based on your understanding of the company, right? So it depends. It doesn't have to be the same for everybody. So all of these are just estimation and you can't make it to an extent where it has to be perfect because perfection really doesn't exist in investing. Everything are based on estimation. And I think Monish probably used to say this. He said that if you're preparing a checklist where, you know, it's so detailed, it doesn't make any sense. You want to have a checklist where where you can just, it's just a few, like, questions in which you can go through so that it gives you better clarity and if you're looking at numbers right if you're creating like an excel sheet to record all the numbers it it's not it doesn't make any sense because come back to perfection it is not possible to make investing perfect there's no such thing everything is estimation right and he even said even Monish Prabhai said before that when he comes to valuation right Everything, all the calculation is done in the head. He want he wants to make it so simple that he can make all the calculation in his own head, right? That is the kind of calculation that you want, right? It's not as as you know as detailed as you know two decimal place, three decimal place. It's not possible, right? Of course, some people, I mean, they may not be able to calculate through mental maths, right? That's okay, doesn't matter. But the key thing here is the foundation of what I want you guys to understand is. Perfection really doesn't exist when it comes to investing. And coming back to this checklist, everyone has different checklists, right? But the checklist, essentially, it has to contain a few questions. And these few questions before you buy or before you sell or before you make any major decisions, you want to go go through these questions, right? You want to go through before you make any major decisions. And that's the whole purpose of this checklist, right? To give you better clarity before you make any decision that's it and i guess the key thing here that i want to i want to explain to you guys is to accept that you are not going to get it right all the time right but of course this should not be used as an excuse for anybody to be lazy right it's not an it's not an excuse you still have to do you know a lot of work you still need to read a lot excessive amount of work you have to be doing it you still have to have like high qualifying criteria so that you prevent yourself from randomly buying unnecessary companies, right? You want to have higher uh, qualifying criteria, right? You want to be a very sharp shooter. That means when you find for a good company, only then you invest, right? You can be a sniper. Some people, I mean, it's like a sniper from how I see it, it's like a sniper because you're only looking for quality businesses to invest and when you find them, 
you shoot and 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 you keep shooting because that is the company that you want, right? So that is the kind of approach that me as an investor, that's what I'm looking for, right? And to be honest, there are not many great companies out there. There are a lot of good companies, no doubt about that, but there are not many great companies. That is why you're looking for the great companies where once you find this kind of great companies, you go, not to say all in, but you you make a, a large uh, investment, which is what Warren Buffett does as well. You see, look at Apple, right? It accounts to 40% of his entire portfolio, almost half of his entire portfolio. So that is the conviction that he has, right? Some of the great investors, they even pull triggers, like they even invest about once or twice per year. Once or twice per year, right? That means he, they read the whole entire year and they only invest in one or two stocks. Some In some cases where they can even invest only one or two in a few years, right? Because that's the thing. They Even though they do, I mean, a lot of due diligence, they still make mistakes. That is why they are only focused on the few companies that are really, really good. They are, they are just great companies. They are just focused on that. But even with that, there is still possibility that things don't go their way, right? Because like I said, you can't be right all the time. That is why it's so, so important to size your position accordingly. Your position sizing, right? Your portfolio allocation, it needs to correlate with the amount of confidence or even the amount of conviction that you have on that company that you're investing in. I mean, I do know some of some investors, right? They analyze small companies and once they find, let's say they find for a very unique small businesses, right? A small business. And then, you know, he noticed that, you know, the, the company is good, strong mode, uh, run by people that they believe in, you know, this, the management, they have character, they have ability, they have vision. Once they find this kind of company, what they do is they invest a little bit just a little bit, right? After Even after doing all of their due diligence, and I'm referring to small companies, right? Uh, even after doing their due diligence, they invest a little bit. And as they progress, as time pass, and they, they, they continue to monitor the management. Are the management uh, executing according to what they say? Are they doing according to what they say? You know, as the management continue to execute and to get the things done, then you start having more conviction and then you buy more right? And they start executing, then you buy more. They start executing, you buy more. So that is the the best kind of companies that you can get, right? You're continuously averaging up, even though the price is going up, but because it has such a huge potential, as the price go up, you're continuously averaging up. Why you want to do that? First is because it's not easy to find for great companies, right? That's the first thing, right? So when you find for a great company, you don't want to just let go of it. So that is why you're continuously averaging up because they are constantly growing, right? They are so rare. And since you find one that is constantly growing, you want to you want to conti- continuously average, average up, right? The second reason is because it's really impossible to have the same conviction at the beginning of your investment compared to the end of the investment. Because like I said, in the initial state, you might feel that the company is good, but because it's still small, because you know everything is still growing, the leaders, the CEO, the management, they are still learning. So there are still a lot of uncertainties there. So your conviction may not be high. So in that case, you do have, you do believe that the company will do well, but you're just not 
certain, right? There is no conviction there yet. So because of that, you might want to just invest a little bit first, just a small amount, right? And when you notice as the company keeps growing and you start getting more conviction, that's when you start putting in more, right? The reason why I keep saying conviction is because when you talk about conviction, right, it's not something that comes instantly. Conviction is like trust, it's like respect, it's like love, right? It develops over time. As you start understanding the company more and more, that's when you start developing conviction. And similar to your your position, right? As you gain more conviction, that's when you start allocate start allocating larger capital or larger investment on that uh, company, right? And if you really follow this strategy, if you do it right, I'm telling you, you will get bigger in the things that you're working that is working for you. And the smaller, you'll get smaller in the things that are not working for you, right? So if you're, you're really practicing this over and over again, you'll notice that your, in your portfolio, the good companies will continue to become bigger because you are con- continuing, continuously averaging up. And the smaller companies, they are the ones that become smaller, right? In, to an extent where your, it, the, the percentage becomes insignificant. That's how you build up a portfolio like Warren Buffett. Right, eventually your portfolio will do very well because the good companies will be a large uh, percentage of your portfolio and the weaker companies will be a smaller percentage of your portfolio. Right? I still remember Warren Buffett, this is another misconception, I, I guess. Warren Buffett used to say this, he used to have this quote. He said, our favorite holding period is forever. Right? For some reason, investors, they are taking this the wrong way. Right. And um, of course, I was in the same boat. I mean, I used to think that, you know, uh, when I first started out, I thought I have to find for companies that I will hold forever. Right. It's like finding for soulmate. But of course, you can choose a few in this case. Right. But essentially, Warren Buffett is not trying to say that you want to buy the stock and hold it forever. That's not what he's trying to say. When he said the favorite, our favorite holding period is forever. What he's trying to say is he's referring to long term. That's it. Long term. Right? Because you definitely, you don't want to invest in a company and just forget about it. Right? It doesn't make any sense. Well, because things change, right? There's always new competitors. There's always new companies coming in to compete in that same space. So, it's not possible for you to just invest and just forget it. Right? You still want to continuously, you know, monitor every now and then, find out, uh, keep keep yourself updated, what's going on, how's the company performing, how are there any new competitors, you know, based on your checklist, based on your analysis, you want to continuously check or continuously monitor what is going on with the company, right? So there's no such thing as holding period is forever. There's only long term, right? When we talk about long term, it can be 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and so on. If you find for a really, really good company, that long term can reach up to 20, 30 years, some even longer. The key thing here is you want to constantly monitor, right? Every now and then, just keep yourself updated. Look at the reasons, the reasons you bought it in the first place. Is it still valid? That's the constant check that you want to make. If the business is telling you, you know, to hold on, then you hold. If the business is telling you that, you know, I think you should sell, then you probably should sell, right? And... The thing is, as you gain more experience, as you keep doing, you know, this again and again, as you go through this process, your vision for new ideas will get even sharper and your reaction time will get even better, 
right? And you will make, you still make mistakes along the way. It's it's part of the game, right? You still make mistakes along the way, but at least you will be able to identify your mistakes even quicker, right? Sometimes when you think about it, being less wrong is as good as being right, because why you are cutting loss, you are reducing the amount of loss that you have. So to conclude, what I'm trying to say is, I want to remind you guys. I want to remind our Dilo Nation, investing is really not a game of perfection. It's actually a journey of continuous improvement. So whatever you do, just be open-minded and know that you can't always be right all the time. Right? So that's all from me. If you find this episode insightful, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It really means a lot to be able to see your feedback. And for more info about us, and if you have any questions in mind that you'd like to ask us, feel free to send your questions at dilun.com and you can also find out more about us in the website. Until next time, take care you guys. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure you share it with someone who you think will benefit from this. Remember, you have the power to change someone's life by sending them this message and becoming the light in their darkness. Also, if you want to help me spread this message of value investing, click the subscribe or follow button. It will allow this message to reach even more people who need to be inspired. So click the subscribe or follow button and leave a review right now. And I want to close this with a quote that I love so very much by Zig Ziglar. It goes like this. You don't have to be good to start, but you have to start to be good. I'm so grateful for you and if no one's told you lately, you are loved, you are amazing in every way and you are worth fighting for. As always, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and make an impact and live the extraordinary life.